Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, at the close of the sermon today, I can't wait to tell you about Live Oak's plans for when we're going to reopen the facility here at Live Oak for in-person services. So stay tuned for that. Today we're concluding the series, Now What? What do you do when you don't know what to do? And as we close out the series today, there's something important to remember when you're asking, now what? Anytime you're looking for what's next, this is an important thing to remember. When we want what's next, we often have to wait. And waiting is hard. Waiting is not something we look forward to. We don't like to do it. If you've ever been to an amusement park, like you've been to Disney World, and, and there's this, you spend a little bit of time on the attractions, but you spend a lot of time waiting in lines. And waiting is hard. It feels like it's going to take forever to get there. If you've ever had like an urgent matter come up and you need to make a call and get a hold of somebody and you get put on hold, like have you ever have you ever been put on hold in an urgent situation on the phone? Like you're calling about something about your bank or there's some kind of concern. And, and there's nothing more frustrating than being on hold and having to wait with something urgent unless it means you're having to listen to this on hold music and these messages will be with you in just a moment. Please stand by. And you're there on, on hold. Being on hold is hard. Waiting in line at an amusement park is hard. Waiting is hard, period. We don't like to wait. But what if there's something important about waiting? Something that happens in that moment. Something that we might miss if we go past it too quickly. Waiting is hard. Maybe you've been out, you're out of a job and you're looking for your next job and it's just not here yet and you're looking for the next job and waiting is hard. Maybe you have a job but you're waiting for a promotion. You're waiting for something to change. Waiting's hard. Maybe you're ready, can't wait to get done with school and move on to what's next. And it just feels like it's taking forever. Waiting is hard. Maybe you're, you're, you play um, on some kind of a team and you you're play a sport and and you want to be a starter, but right now you're not, and waiting is hard. Maybe you can't wait to get out of debt, and you're saving, and you're trying to do your best you can, but waiting is hard because you can't wait to get there. Maybe you're dating, and you're looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right, and they just haven't come along yet. Waiting is hard. Maybe you've been hoping that you would be able to start a family and have kids, but that just hasn't happened yet. Waiting is hard. Waiting is such a difficult thing, but here's something I want you to know about waiting. Waiting time is not wasted time unless you waste the current opportunity. See, we're tempted during seasons of waiting, during times where we're wanting what's next, that we focus so much on the next at the expense of what's happening right now. What if there's stuff going on right now that you're looking past, you're looking for what's next, but there's something right now that's really, really important? And here's the big point for today. Focus on now before next. Because now often prepares you for what's next. Focus on what's going on right now. Wasting time isn't wasted time. Or waiting time isn't wasted time unless you waste the current opportunity. Here's one of my observations when you find out, want to find and follow God's plan for your life. One of the things that's helped me do that is I've learned that finding God's plan God often guides through opportunities. 
And when you think about now before next, and you focus on the now before focusing on the next, God often directs to new opportunities that are connected to current opportunities. Pay attention to where you are right now, what the opportunities are for you. Not just the good opportunities, but the hard opportunities, the ones where you need to work hard, you need to focus, you need to wait and be patient. Pay attention to your current opportunities and leverage them fully so you're prepared for a future opportunity. Let me give you a few examples, two from the Bible and one from my life. In the Old Testament, we read about David. We have a lot written about David's life. We see him when he's very young to when he's very old in different books, different types of books. We see history books telling us in the Bible telling us about David, going from a shepherd to a warrior to a king. We have the Psalms. He wrote many of those that are prayers and songs, um, almost like reading his journal. And David, when he was very young, was a shepherd. And in 1 Samuel 17, we realize that that the Israelites and the Philistines were going to war and they were just squared off for 40 days and nobody would move because the Philistines had this big, uh, brutal soldier named Goliath and nobody wanted to face him. And they said, we'll send out our best, you send out your best one-on-one, winner take all. It was like the early version of pay-per-view. They're out ready to square off. David shows up to bring lunch to his older brothers from leaving, left his sheep to go bring lunch to his older brothers. And he sees what's going on. He's like, why is anybody fighting this guy? And everyone was afraid. So David, the, the young, small guy, went to King Saul and said, I'll fight him. And Saul said, you can't do that. You're just the shepherd. And then in 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 and following, he says, you don't understand. I've been doing this my whole life. Whenever there was a bear or a lion that would approach my sheep, I would fight them off. I would attack them. I've killed the bear. I've killed the lion. I'll take care of Goliath. See, one of the things that he knew is that one day when he faced Goliath, that was an extension of what he'd been doing all along. So it wasn't, Goliath wasn't as big because he had faced giants before. He'd faced challenges before, and he ended up being king. That small opportunity as a shepherd prepared him to go to battle against Goliath and one day lead armies into battle as the king. Consider Joseph in Genesis 39. Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. Man, if you think you've got it rough with your brothers, they said, hey, should we kill him or sell him into slavery? Ah, let's do the nice thing and sell him into slavery. And they sold him off to be a slave. So Joseph, as a slave, suddenly has his youth taken from him, his family taken from him, his homeland taken from him. And he goes and he's put as a slave in the house of Potiphar, one of the officials in the Egyptian government. And he does such a good job that he gains favor and he increases his position. He gets promoted and he has influence. And then one day he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and he's sent to prison for years, even though he did nothing wrong. And in the prison... He gains favor with the warden by organizing the prison and taking care of it. Eventually, he's running the whole prison as a prisoner. And he gained favor with the warden, but he just did what he was wired to do whenever an opportunity arose for him to do it. He just did what he was wired to do. He just figured out how he was uniquely him, and he lived it out in opportunities, even in bad ones. So you never know how your current opportunity is going to prepare you for a future one. I'll give you an example from my life. 
when I was a little uh, younger, I wanted to start a business of mowing lawns. I actually had a couple businesses as a kid, mowed lawns. I shined shoes and boots around the neighborhood. And before I could do any of those, when I asked my parents, hey, can I start mowing other people's lawns? What do you think they wanted me to do first? Whose lawn did, should I do, did I need to mow first? Our lawn. When I said I'm going to shine dress shoes and boots for neighbors, whose boots and shoes do you think I'd, I needed to shine first to prove I could do it? My parents. See, your current opportunity prepares you for future opportunities. I'll show you an example from where I am now. I'm the senior pastor at Live Oak Community Church. When I was in college, I wanted to get started in ministry. And I went to somebody and they told me about two different opportunities. One was a paid part-time job as a youth minister at one church. One was a non-paid internship at another. So I, of course, chose the paid one, but I didn't get the job. May have been one of the best job rejections I ever got because I went to be an unpaid intern at a church in the youth ministry department. And then I went from being an unpaid intern to being a paid intern. And from being a paid intern to being an associate youth minister. And then the youth minister and that youth ministry decided he was going to go plant a church. And I went to him and said, I want to be part of that too. So I went from being a paid associate youth minister to being an unpaid uh, member of a plant of a church that was being planted in Southwest Lubbock, Live Oak Community Church. And I was an unpaid staff member. Then I was a paid staff member as an associate pastor. And then actually opportunities here led me of all places into hockey ministry for 10 years. And those experiences prepared me to come back to Live Oak one day to be the senior pastor. You never know how past opportunities and current opportunities will prepare you for what's next. So make the most to learn, grow, and serve with all your heart in your current opportunities. What are you doing with your current opportunities? Maybe you've been given chores to do by your parents. Are you taking those seriously? Are you making the most of that opportunity, not just because it's what they asked you to do, or maybe because it might, may or may not be part of your allowance or expectations? What if it's actually preparing you for an opportunity you're going to have in the future? Doing your schoolwork. Believe it or not, at some point, it's not just the grades, but it's the habits and the way you do your work that someday somebody's going to ask about in a job interview. Your current opportunity prepares you for what's next. Maybe in your current job, you're wanting a promotion or the pay just doesn't quite seem fitting to the amount of work you're doing. What are you doing with your current opportunity to make sure you're ready for a future opportunity? In your relationships, you're, you're wanting to date, but the right person hasn't come along yet. Well, how are you doing with your other relationships? Are you living like the kind of person that you would want to date? How's your character? Or maybe with money, I can't wait till we have enough money where we can buy this house or do this thing or pay off debt. Well, how are you handling the, the money you have now to prepare for what's next? See, make sure you make the most of your current opportunity. And I want to challenge you, if you're in a situation where you want to do something else or experience something else, instead of focusing on the something else, focus on what you're doing right now with your current opportunity right in front of you. Think now before next, because every moment is a moment that matters. It's a moment that God can use to prepare you for a future opportunity, and it can use you 
to grow you to be the person who will be ready for that opportunity. Consider what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 3. The Apostle Paul wrote this, chapter 4, verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, not for people, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. See, he says, whatever you do, that's a pretty inclusive thing. Whatever you do, take it out the trash, cleaning your room, mowing the lawn, doing your homework, being a good friend, doing the, the work that, that, that feels like busy work, being responsible of what you're asked to do, being a good teammate that sits on the bench and cheers on their teammates, even if you're not a starter. Whatever you do, whatever you do this week, which includes wherever you go and whoever you're with, this is an all-inclusive term. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whoever you're with, this week, Paul says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Don't do it halfway. Don't do it half-heartedly. Put your whole self into it. Treat it like it's a moment that matters. Complaining about your job or your current situation or complaining about chores or complaining about cleaning your room, that seems to be normal. Seems like almost everybody does it. But it's not right. It doesn't accomplish what's right. It focuses on what's next instead of focusing on what's right now. And here's God's plan for your life. That whatever you do, you'd work at it with all your heart. And you work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord. It may have been a chore given to you by your parent. It may have been an assignment given to you by a teacher. It may have been a role given to you by a coach. It may be an, 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 a task given to you by your boss. Whatever it is, whatever it is, work at it with all your heart because that opportunity that we're complaining about was actually given us from the Lord. Maybe because it matters to somebody else. Maybe because it matters to prepare us for what's next. But I want to challenge you to look at your current situation, your current opportunities, your current job, your current role, and view it as something that was given to you by God that you're doing for him. Because he's given you something that has a purpose that you may not never know. And then he uses this word, you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord. Well, Paul seemed to believe that there was some sort of eternal consequence based on what you do with your current opportunities. He doesn't tell us a lot about what that is, but he tells us that it matters. And he says, in fact, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You think you're do taking out the trash because your mom or dad asked you to? It's the Lord Christ you're serving. You may be riding the bench and having to cheer on your teammates and be ready to come in not as a starter, but by serving your teammates well and cheering them on, it's the Lord Christ you're serving. You may be given an assignment at work that you feel is beneath you. And you can't believe your boss would give it to you and you want to complain about it. But just remember, it's the Lord Christ you're serving. Focus on now before next because now prepares you for what's next. Everything you do, everywhere you go, do it as if you're working for him. And maybe he's using that to prepare you for what's next. So we've talked about this principle, focus on now before next. Let me ask you some reflection questions to think about how you're doing with this. Based on your current performance for where you are now, in your family, on your team, in your school, in your job, whatever it is, 
based on your current performance, would you trust you with a better opportunity? Again, think about now before next. If I was interviewing you for a job, I would ask about what you're doing now and what you've done in the past to figure out if you're ready for what's next in the job I was offering. Think now before next. Would you trust you with a better opportunity based on your, what you're doing with your current opportunity? Second question. Are you preparing for the next opportunity or are you just waiting for it? Again, waiting is hard. And waiting time isn't wasted time unless you waste the current opportunity. Where you are now is often preparing you for what's next. So are you just waiting for what's next? Or are you preparing for it? And then to take it further, make it very specific, what can you begin doing where you are now to prepare for the next opportunity? What could you do to be preparing to have a future opportunity? How can you leverage where you are now, who you're around, what you're doing to be ready for what's next? What's one thing you could do to grow and develop? We talked about last week about growing and developing ourselves, growing and wiser. What's one thing you could do where you are now to prepare for the next opportunity? Last question is this. Is there an opportunity, something you're asked to do where you are now that you're ignoring because the payoff doesn't match the workload. Let's say right now you're given a chore to take out the trash every week. And maybe you get an allowance for it, but you think the allowance isn't enough. Or let's say you're given the job of taking out the trash every week, but it's, you're not giving any allowance for that at all. This is just an expectation of what you do to help the family thrive and help the household work. And you feel like, I should really get paid for this. That's beneath me. I'm not getting paid enough or I'm not getting paid for this. It's beneath me. What if the payoff isn't the paycheck? What if the payoff for working hard is the preparation of what it does to help grow your character, grow your ability, and grow your skill to be ready for future opportunities? What if that's the payoff? Again, I want to tell you, you may not be happy with where you are right now. You may be anxious to look at what's next. But when you look too forward to what's next, you might overlook something God has for you right now where he's wanting to grow you or use you. And I think a lot of what God does in our current opportunities is he prepares us for what's next. So here's the big challenge for today. Focus on now before next. Focus on what you're doing right now, where you are, your family, your job, your school, your team, the band you play in, the choir you sing in, whatever it is, wherever you are, focus on now before next, because where you are now, God may be preparing you for what's next. So where are you now? And what's one thing that you could do to best Make the most of your current opportunity. To, to not just waste the time as you're waiting, but use it to grow, to work hard and build a track record of reliability. Waiting is hard. But waiting time is not wasted time unless you waste the current opportunity. What are you doing now to prepare for what's next? Or are you just waiting? 
Don't waste the current opportunity. And God often directs to new opportunities through current opportunities. Looking back on my life, I can connect the dots, how previous opportunities, where I was currently at the time, prepared me for what's next. But I didn't know it at the time. Treat every moment as a moment that matters and see how God may guide you to current opportunities. And I challenge you to fully engage with your current opportunity. Make the most of it while you wait, while you pray, while you prepare, and you look for your next opportunity. Do what you know to do. Do what you're asked to do. And do it with all your heart, as Paul told the Colossians in Colossians 3, as working for the Lord and not for people. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Start by focusing on the now before next. Look where you are. Make the most of every moment because every moment matters and because this moment may be preparing you for what's next. And you may not know what's next, but God does and he'll use the current moment to prepare you for it. Well, I can't wait to see you online next week. We start a new series. I'm really excited about it. It's called Best Summer Ever. Man, I'm ready for the best summer ever because this last season of life has been hard. And summer, this really could be the best summer ever. And we're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. It's the book in the Bible called Philippians. And in there, Paul did not look at, when he looked at his life, it did not seem like he was living his best life. There was a lot of things going wrong. But he spoke about joy and peace and perseverance, and gratitude, like he spoke about these things, like he was living his best life, because Paul knew the secret about how to have your best summer ever, how to have your best day ever, how to live your best life ever, and we're going to read the mail that he wrote to the Philippians, we're going to read their mail, and see how it might help help us, we'll start that next week, and actually you can sign up now for something we're going to start after next week, we'll sign up the next two weeks, for a version reading plan, we're going to read in groups, so if you sign up, you'll get placed in a group. I've been doing these and I've loved it. Uh, it's a virtual version reading plan. We'll put in a, uh, groups together and it's Choosing Joy. It'll begin June 10th, but you can sign up now and we'll start putting people into groups. And I can't wait to do that. We're going to read Philippians together. We're going to talk about it starting next Sunday, about how to have the best summer ever.